the new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC Now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms the community channel that sees all things new. My name is Jennifer Nuya, live streaming from Cavita, Philippines. You're watching Stories from the Fridge. Please let me know that you can hear me well by typing into the comment section where you are joining us from today. And you can also use this, the same chat box to drop in your comments, ask your questions, or whatever you would like to share with us. We would love to see your comments. And um, if this is your first time tuning in to Stories from the Fringe, Stories from the French aims to push for more diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in all aspects of our lives. And we believe and we are committed to creating a world where individual differences like race, gender, class, ability, among others, are not only seen and understood, but also accepted and celebrated. We can all be a part of this collective vision. To make the most of our time together, we encourage you to turn off all distractions, prepare to take notes, mental win, or just be fully engaged with our guest today. We are thrilled to have on our show a good classmate of mine several years ago, Dr. Miriam de los Santos. Hello, Miriam. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm sorry. I have to greet you by apologizing but i couldn't hear the audio your audio i could hear the ad but good morning everyone um i i i i apologize but my audio seems to be having some problem but i'm still very glad to be here but if you can fix the audio for now uh maybe that would be wonderful <laughs> sorry it's perfectly fine um can you try can you try to reconnect?
Well, that's technology for us. Awesome. Well, that happens. <laughs> All right. So um, just a quick background uh, while we're waiting for Dr. Miriam De Los Santos to reconnect. Dr. Miriam De Los Santos is a PhD director, Office for Mission and Identity of Ateneo de Manila, org and uh, leadership development expert. She's also a freelance host and singer, a trainer and consultant. She's also a writer, and she hosts the Radio Katipunan. Uh, they are active on Facebook, and also Ateneo is home Facebook page. So we were classmates way back, if I'm not mistaken, 2016 to 2019, when I was uh, taking my uh, graduate diploma of strategic HR management and development, and also graduate diploma of organization development. Wow, that's a couple years back. How oh, time flies. <laughs> All right, so um, thank you so much for those who are watching right now. Thank you for your support. I would like at this juncture thank um, our avid viewers. Thank you, Thelma Cachuela Duniega. Also, thank you to um, Dr. Alex Reyes. Thank you for tuning in, Teresita Linus Manalo, Ezequiel Magbanwa. Thank you also for your support, Erwin Manansala, Gino Romano de Cipeda, also Pilar Bulawin. Thank you also to Mahusay Nuya. Hello, hello, Andra. Hello also for Check for Check uh, team and also thank you for your support, Melvin Phillips. Thank you so much for confirming that you can hear as well. And thank you also to Faisal Nandinikana, uh, Razel Rocha. And thank you, of course, to uh, our, our director, Direct Monica, for always um, supporting us at the back end, making sure that everything is working fine. All right, so let's see if uh, if Miriam is able to reconnect. Awesome. So Miriam, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, everyone. I am sorry for the sudden interruption earlier, but I'm very glad to be here. Thank you for the invite. <laughs> No worries, no worries. I have been also on the other side of the fence when I was the guest <laughs> in another show. And I also kept on uh, lagging on and off because of the intermittent internet connection. So I understand, I fully understand. And of course, our viewers also understand. All right. So um, Dr. Miriam De Los Santos, uh, welcome again to the show. It's lovely to see you again and reconnect after so many years. And uh, can you please provide our viewers a brief introduction about you and the work that you do? Okay. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Miriam De Los Santos. Um, right now, my main work is in the Ateneo de Manila University as Director for the Office for Mission and Identity, or OMI. What we do in the office is we provide formation and training mainly on interiority and spirituality to our employees. 
at the same time, um, I do consultancies on organization development, leadership formation, and I conduct different workshops, self-awareness, leadership, etc. And I do consultancies in a sense that I guide organizations as well in terms of their plans, their vision, their implementation. And at the same time, okay, I just want to say that I also write every now and then. So recently, we launched a book journal, this one. Uh, it's titled Despite the Distance. It's a book journal to reflect on the pandemic because at the height of the pandemic in 2020 until last year, um, we were publishing mini essays, reflections, etc., daily during weekdays. And so a few months ago, we decided to put them together in a collection to provide people a chance to look back at their pandemic experience. That's why there's also a journal part, just so mm -hmm. we can process well what we went through, so we can move forward. So in essence, mm -hmm. I'm also a writer, though I'm reluctant to admit it, but yes, I may be. <laughs> <laughs> but you are, but you are because that's the proof in your book. <laughs> Sorry, that you said that you're reluctant to call yourself a writer, but you already have the proof. Yes, um, and but when we were publishing the reflections during the pandemic, so we started March 2020 until last year November, we were publishing it uh anonymously primarily we were saying it's from the office so people were asking who from the office specifically who's writing it but you know with with the cutesy and all and say oh it's from us etc but when the book was published so of course an author had to be named yes. <laughs> so that's when everyone learned that it was me but i still really do believe that it's an office effort though i was the one writing the reflection so yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so, you, so you're the one who really thought of the idea behind the book, right? And but you said that it's a collective effort. Now, what is the what urged you to start with this book project? Hmm. Um, well, let me just go back a little bit in terms of why we started posting reflections during the mm -hmm. pandemic. Um, we did that because when we shifted to online things and all the physical distancing, we thought that we could help provide an anchor and a common um, common theme for people. And of course, the mm -hmm. themes would center around hope, faith, um, courage during the time when we needed those mm -hmm. the most when we were so shaken by what was happening because of the pandemic. And so when things started going back to on-site and face-to-face -face, um, this year, um, I, we, I was feeling a little bit uneasy because while I appreciated that people were moving forward from our experiences of the past two years and people were, so, were showing a lot of resiliency that despite everything that went on, we were just so ready and open to resume things on a, so to speak, more regular or more normal capacity, mm -hmm. I was just thinking that maybe we should not skip what we went through the past two years. Um, and maybe we should be able to look back to it, process, and most importantly, maybe harness the learnings, the lessons mm -hmm. that we could bring forward so that 
as we move on, and I'd be happy for us to move on, um, but as we move on, we don't forget um, what we experienced, what we witnessed, what we felt, all in view of bringing all those so we can be better in the coming mm-hmm. days. So that's why together with the reflections, we decided to put some spaces and questions for reflection okay. so that people could people who would get a copy of the book journal would have a chance to write down what what they were feeling, what they were thinking, what they witnessed also mm-hmm. during the time of the pandemic so we can bring together and harvest what that time, that very challenging time could bring us in the future. Mm-hmm. They say that all books are somewhat at a certain degree autobiographical so does it have yes so so where is this coming from (laughs) um and maybe that's the part why i'm i was a bit reluctant to admit i'm the author because people might see through the reflections i mean you know especially people who know me they might say oh maybe that's why this was what she wrote on that day because she was going through this or she was feeling this but i would agree that uh, this book might be autobiographical in a sense that it reflects perhaps my deepest desires for myself and for people. Um, those desires of continuing to hope despite very dire circumstances. Um, the desire to take courage uh, in the form of courage uh, in terms of action, of being compassionate despite the very, very concrete temptation to just roll onto yourself and be mm-hmm. selfish. And maybe the desire to keep faith. To keep faith in a time when we really didn't know what was happening. <laughs> when we really couldn't see what would be coming to us in the next day. So I think in a sense it's autobiographical because while I may not have those things all the time, the hope, the courage, the faith, but that's really a desire for me, for myself, and I hope for others as well, that no matter what life throws at us, we're able to keep hoping, we're able to take courage, we're able to hold on to faith. Okay, so are these the same things that help you also tide over the pandemic? Courage, I, compassion, hope? Yes, yes, um, I would think so, um, and I believe so, and... Maybe add to that, of course, is love. <laughs> um, I think during the time of the pandemic, it was very important that we could we knew what where our sources of love could be, and of course, that's also a love for self. At the same time, that it's love for others and maybe even love for God. So yes, those were the things that tied me over, that gave me reason to go on and gave me reason to write these reflection pieces every day. Um, because I think if we lost hope, if we lost courage, if we lost faith, we wouldn't find ourselves where we are right now, still existing, still living, still carrying on with our journeys. And I do think that we are able to do that because deep inside, we have these sparks of hope, of courage, and faith. And sometimes we need to fan them so they become stronger. <laughs> but I would think that they would always be there or... If we can find it inside ourselves, I'm sure we would find it in the people around us or maybe even in the circumstances around us, just like what happened during the pandemic. 
beautifully said, Miriam. Now I can sense, I can sense just from listening listening to you that the, you, this is also coming from a very strong religious background, right? Love for God, love for self, and also for people. Now, given that, um, how can we also apply this to people who are religiously agnostic? Yes. Um, actually, maybe I'd like to caveat that a bit because I, personally for myself, I'm not sure I'm as religious as some people, as some other people I would know, but I would like to believe that I'm spiritual. Um, right. And we all are. I, I do think we all are. Um, there's a difference between religiosity and spirituality. Um, religiosity is, of course, more in terms of the faith um, faith perspective that you're taking, um, even the rituals, the, the traditions that you are following. Spirituality is, I think, really more internal. Um, it's a way of relating with your God, if you have one, or with the divine, or even with creation, with the world, with others, with yourself. So it's not necessarily in terms of the traditions or the rituals that you follow in a more so to speak, communal sense um, because religion would mostly be made up of groups of people and we would all be familiar in terms of what religions exist around us and in the world today. There's nothing wrong with being religious. I'm very, I admire very much people who can keep to that. Maybe I'm just not as as religiously religious <laughs> as some <laughs> others, I know. But in terms of spiritual, I think that's what, um, people who are not as religious can also um, go back to, um, even if, you know, it's really not a question of heaven, hell, etc. But it's really a way of relating um, with yourself, with others, with creation, um, even as well as how you relate with dogs and cats, you know, <laughs> or that we see around us. I think that's part of the spirituality in a sense that it's more it's more interior and it's more personal and i think all of us would have that interiority all of us yeah. would have that that um person inside us that we would be dealing with that we yeah. would be facing and that we would also be nourishing and nurturing because i do think that spirituality is an invitation to nurture our deeper self our inner self so to speak so i would believe that that's open to everyone um in a sense, self-care is an invitation to everyone. And self-care really means together with the, you know, the physical or the more the more easily driven like spas, etc., you know, massage, which I love. <laughs> um, there would also be the self-care that invites us to take care of our emotions, our mental health, etc. So I think spirituality is an invitation to everyone. So even those who are not as religious. Uh, might find some comfort and nourishing when they go into their spiritual aspect. Okay, so what we're saying right now is these are the things that we can do or where we can draw real strength and joy. Or would you yes. like to add some more? Yes, um, I think that spirituality really deals with our interiority. Um, and... I'm sure that everyone who's listening to us right now would have an experience of when we're so uncertain in terms of what, what we see outside of us. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's much confusion, chaos even mm -hmm. in the world. But if we look deep inside, maybe that that's where we can find the peace, the quiet peace, the joy, 
and even our own truths, you know, uh, the truths that we can hang on to, the truths that we can believe. And to some extent, I would like to also believe that if we look deep inside well enough, we will see that, you know, um, we are good and we are worth fighting for and living for and we are worth loving. So lovely, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people were really affected by the pandemic and it was really hard because even we, they said that it's only one week and then it was extended for another two weeks and it became like indefinite <laughs> like, there's no end to it so i think it's not really the pandemic that um, made us anxious or somewhat mentally depressed but rather the uncertainty about it because we don't know what to expect and if we don't know what to expect then how can we act on it so i think that's what most people suffered from during the pandemic yes and of course add to that i think the many news that we saw every day in terms of losses um and the loss was in different levels you know um loss of loved ones loss of livelihood uh and those things were very devastating um i would i i i would think that we we have experienced that before the pandemic and we will still experience that in the coming days but perhaps the pandemic sort of highlighted it and multiplied it by 10 times so mm -hmm. So it was really a different time, and that's why the the reason for the book journal it was really to be able for us to be able to process what we went through, so we can bring what we learned, what we knew, um, from that time moving forward, so we can move forward well. Mm -hmm. That's very true. I don't want to be the messenger of bad news, but I've been reading the news, uh, most especially about the economic landscape mm -hmm. and they're not very positive mm -hmm. even the billionaires who would uh, we would expect would not be very affected but they are even even they are ringing the alarm bells they're saying that we need to brace for for recession we need to to um, prepare for inflation so they are saying things are not going to improve but rather things are going becoming bleaker as we move on and there was this one day several days ago uh several big name brands large companies those companies you think are too big to fail but they lost billions of dollars collectively in um in the consumer markets also in software supply chain uh collectively they lost billions of dollars in the u.s stock market and we know that we the philippines we look at uh we look at the u.s as a as a, as an example right if u.s is doing okay we feel that we are doing okay because most of our businesses they're tied to dollar peso transaction so if something like that can happen to to the US, then that would really, that would really uh, get my interest. So it's a good thing that, as you have said, we 
have these experiences from the pandemic as much as possible we want to move forward we want to um, leave the new normal however we also need to process because without processing we will not be able to glean the lessons of the pandemic we will not be able to reflect on the things that helped us right that helped us during the pandemic and can continue help us as we brace for more difficulties. And perhaps also we can reflect on the things that did not go well so that we can do them differently, right? So we can shift gears and help us navigate in this uncertain future. Yes. I agree. I agree. And I want to point out that when we talk of processing, maybe not just about the pan our pandemic experiences, but any experience that we may have had in the past, it's really not to open up old wounds and sort of keep on hurting from these wounds. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really an invitation to sort of get what we can from that experience so that whatever it is that have made us become better, we can keep on bringing it forward with us. And I often tell, when I give workshops and seminars, I often talk of this bank account. Um, it can be a spiritual bank account, an emotional bank account that, you know, we can save up in. Like, for example, experiences of hope, memories of good times with loved ones and i'm sure during the pandemic there were relationships that were nurtured even better because we might have tried harder due to the limitations and so our relationships some some of our relationships might have even grown from that time so you know mm -hmm. this emotional or spiritual bank account we can keep on adding to it um adding to it good memories, sources of hope, courage, um, of faith that we have experienced before so that when it's more challenging, we can withdraw from that emotional or spiritual bank account that we deposited in to tide us over when times are dark, when times are uncertain. Because those things that are in our emotional or our spiritual bank account would be very concrete and real to us because we experience them ourselves. And so no one can tell us differently because we know them for ourselves because they were our own experiences. And I think that moving forward, we might have to withdraw from those bank accounts every now and then because life will not be easy. We hope it will be, but life will surely throw us curveballs just like it did when it threw us the pandemic. And it might be good to have something to go back to, something to bring with us as we move forward. Um, you mentioned that the economy might not be good. So if it's rather difficult to deposit in our usual bank account <laughs> in terms of money, just please make sure that you fill your emotional, your mental well-being, and your spiritual bank account so that in future, even if the economy will not get better, we can take a hold of ourselves, we can keep nurturing our hearts, and we can keep nourishing our well-being. Because at the end of the day, those are the things that we can carry in the midst of all the challenges that life may bring us, including economic crisis. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you for underscoring that. And perhaps that's also where, again, uh, compassion comes in because 
uh, we were hit differently by the pandemic. Some were not really affected, but some were adversely affected. They felt the the rug pulled under them. So we can. I suggest that we do not we do not judge someone, right? If we feel that, why are you not why are you not um, doing well or coping well? Because again, we have different circumstances. I agree. I agree. Compassion is a very, very great invitation to respond to. And I would like to say as well that, of course, compassion to others also springs from compassion to self. Um, mm. And just like in the in the airplane, you know, um, people say that put on your life jackets first <laughs> um, before you put a life jacket on another person because we have to make sure that we're also taking care of ourselves because really you cannot give what you don't have. So if we're a little unkind to ourselves, uh, that also spills over to how we may be treating other people. So when I talk of compassion, when I talk of love, that's always a... Uh, that's always a two-sided coin. It's compassion and love for self, and it's compassion and love for others. And I think that's a very, very deep, deep sense of spirituality in a way that will not just be encompassed or hampered by any one kind of tradition or faith or even what kind of God you believe in. But it really encompasses, I think, all human beings, you know, compassion for self, compassion for others, love for self, and love for others. Thank you for that, Miriam. I can really feel from behind the screen, jumping right at me, that that feeling of love, the feeling of compassion. And I'm sure that our viewers can also feel that as they're listening to us. So I'm loving this conversation. Um, at this juncture, we'll go for a short break. And then, dear viewers, when uh, Dr. Miriam De La Santos joins us later after the break, uh, we, we will be talking about her work also as a consultant and a leadership and organization uh, expert. So stay tuned.
Wan Lu and his puppets face to face with special guests Makata Tawanan, Jess Box, and the Lunaria Marionette Show. Salita. Alam mo tito ano kung mala ako? Magsasalita ka ng isa. <laughs> <laughs> November 13, Sunday, 7pm at the La Verdad Auditorium in Apalit, Pampanga. Buy your tickets now and see you soon face to face. Greenfield District The Future Ready District Home to Greenfield Tower with its state-of-the-art fiber-optic internet backbone. Connectivity is built right into residences like Twin Oaks Place. 15 flourishing hectares right at the heart of Metro Manila so that at work and at play, we can plant a future where dreams grow. Greenfield District, the future-ready district. TNC is a live-stream platform for online shows for people on the go. Please watch all our shows as seen on the screen. Imagine having your own show, your own playlist, your own content, but we make it easier for you. TNC aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging authentic and original content. Our vision is to become a global 24-7 live-stream channel that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence, and ingenuity. And also, thank you for supporting Stories from the Fringe, live streamed every Thursday, 10.30 a.m. Philippine Standard Time. You can watch live or on replay via Facebook or YouTube. Follow us on IG. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search hashtag TNC now. For sponsorships, please email now at thenewchannel.com or send us a DM. Enjoy these life-changing shows because we made them just for you. It's 45 days to go before Christmas. Wow, how time flies. All right, so again, I'd like to thank those who are supporting the show. Thank you for tuning in. Melvin Phillips from India, Ruana Roberto, and also Juan Lu Lonaria from Antipolo. So TNC also invites everyone to watch the Philippine Ambassador of Papetry and Talentadong Pinoy Hall of Famer and our very own Tito Juan Lu, along with his cast of puppets in Juan Lu and his puppets face-to-face. -face. That's on November 13, 2022, Sunday, 7 p.m. 
live at La Verdad Auditorium, Apari, Pampanga, Philippines. Wonderful. All right, so our guest today is again Dr. Miriam de los Santos of um, Ateneo de Manila, and she shared with us her book about Despite the Distance. This is a book journal to reflect on the pandemic. So she also shared us some strategies on how we can move forward after difficult challenges like the COVID-19 pandemic and where we can draw real strength and joy. So shall we call on Dr. Miriam de los Santos again? Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. All right. So Miriam, you wear a lot of hats. So aside from being a writer, you are also a trainer and consultant. So can you tell more about this consulting services that you offer? Yes, thank you. Um, I love being a consultant and a trainer because I meet different kinds of people. And the way I see my mission and my vocation um, is that I, I really am very happy to be able to journey one-on-one -on -one with individuals which I think is very important, um, the personalized, so to speak, approach, you know, um, to be able to journey with one person at a time. Together with that, um, through my consultancies, I'm also able to journey with groups of people, um, organizations, and to work at a more systemic or structural level. Because I do think that we have to, we have to provide um, some very good support on a systematic and structural level together with nourishing and caring for individuals um i do think that those two are the right approaches so that we can have meaningful um journeys um and that's one the journey individually that's why i do leadership trainings and i have been very blessed to to work with and journey with different leaders um and encountering different phases of leadership in their life. So some may still be emerging leaders, uh, others are on a higher, so to speak, level of leadership. There are those who are informal leaders, but are very, very much important to their community and who, who create such difference where they are. And so that's one thing I really enjoy, journeying um, with individuals. At the same time, I feel really blessed and challenged when I am able to look at the organization as a whole in terms of systems, structures, the organization in general, mm -hmm. their, their procedures, their plans, etc. Because I do think that's the other important thing to look at together with individuals. That's the organization, that's the group of people, the systematic, the structural, the procedural ways in which we approach things. So that's why I do these kinds of consultancies and trainings. Um, there would be some that are geared towards individual formation and development. There would be those at the organizational level. And I think those two approaches are very special in a way um they give different kinds of challenges but at the same time they also provide very very unique blessings for me and hopefully for the people and the organizations i accompany mm -hmm. i remember zooming in and zooming out and also the principle of the balcony and the dance floor yeah. <laughs> yes you have to think um systems systems thinking and also taking care nurturing the individuals making that system work because otherwise yes. the yes. the systems and the procedures will fall flat yes 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 
I agree. Um, organizations are always made up of people. That's why it's very important to look after each person in the organization. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's also very important to have good structures, systems, plans, implementation, etc. at the organizational level. Because as they say, you know, um, there's really more power when when more people are on board. And that's why organizations are formed. Companies and, and institutions are born because each person is important, but really um, link or sync. <laughs> that's what they say these days, remember. Um, you have to link up. You have to be able to find the right-minded and right-hearted people to work with. That's why organizations are very important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's the beauty of it because organizations are now learning from um, the mistakes of the past that we need to have more human-designed and more human-centered organizations because otherwise, if no one, you don't have the buy-in of the very people you are trying to serve, then nothing's gonna happen. Yes. Now, I, I, as you have mentioned, it's very fulfilling. To you to work with organizations but i'm not uh, i'm sure that it's not always sunshine and rainbows so what are some of the common challenges that you have experienced while working with these organizations um you know challenges when i work with organizations can come from the external and the internal environment um external can mean um in terms of the landscape of their industry um, you mentioned earlier about some economic challenges. Of course, if it's a for-profit organization, that will always be something in their purview um, to know what's going on within their industry, um, how com- competitive they ought to be, etc. So there are external challenges to each organization. At the same time, there would be internal challenges, and this can range from... Um, one, there might be some differences in terms of approaching um, some matters within the organization. Two, sometimes birthing pains. Um, organizations really go through birthing pains. And uh, when I do consultancies with, with, with organizations who are relatively younger or who are restarting or changing mm-hmm. some things in their organization, I always always tell them that, you know, um, let's really keep calm because these are just birthing pains. Um, mm-hmm. You will get over this and hopefully you will move on to other kinds of challenges. But we have to recognize that these are some challenges that we face are those that really come when we start or restart things mm-hmm. in the organization. So, other challenges that I've encountered is, um, I mentioned about differences, um, but not just differences in terms of how to go about things, but sometimes it's really differences of personalities. Um, you know, uh, maybe to put it uh, a little bit roughly, people rubbing each other the wrong way. Um, mm-hmm. But in fact, they might have the same vision they might have the same goals for the organization. So the invitation there is really to move past the individual differences, um, the individual chemistries to work towards the common goal that they are setting for themselves and for the others in their organization. So those are the things that I can think of right now without divulging my clients. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for that. So um, after this pandemic, pandemic i'm i'm pretty sure that business businesses are now picking up pieces and uh, 
what are the usual interventions that we need for the organizations to recover from the pandemic per your experience yes um um i i i probably don't want to speak on a generic way because i think each organization has to be looked at in a very specific manner to be able to give the right kind of advice or to be mm. able to map out their own particular journeys but Perhaps in a more general sense, one, I would like to imagine that coming from something difficult, um, one important thing that organizations have to look at is how their people are doing, um, the well-being of their people. Um, there might be some tendency to be very output-driven, especially if you're running after some losses of the past and you want to make up for it. And so I have seen that people may, may be organizations may be very output driven and while i understand it and i i appreciate even that drivenness um i always advise um my 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 partners as my i call my clients to look after your people um ask about their well-being um ask how they're doing um because at the end of the day your business your organization is made up of these people um, I have, and maybe perhaps coming, especially coming from the pandemic when we see some gifts it revealed to us, like working from home, the balance of doing your own personal tasks while dealing with work, etc. I think we can learn from those things in terms of properly balancing out and looking at the welfare of our being so that they can also more meaningfully contribute to the organization and thus the organization can move more effectively and more efficiently towards their goals so that's one um look after your people how ask how your people are doing second is review the landscape um review your your industry's landscape uh, i'm pretty sure so many things have changed compared to two years ago um and i have been very very happy with the organization's who adapted quickly or maybe not even quickly but in a very strategic manner you know uh, recognizing the challenges and the needs during the time of the pandemic and now that things seem to be normalizing in a certain way so that's the second thing i want to say um look at your environment look at the landscape um look at what's happening um whenever i do planning vision mission strategic planning for the year um, it's always important um, to see what's going on um, in the industry, in the country, and even the world. Um, uh, I, 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 uh, recently, I told one of my friends who I'm doing a consultancy with, I said, some people may have a sense that uh, the conflicts, for example, in Russia uh, might be very far away from us here in the Philippines, but nothing is really far from us these days. <laughs> And I think uh, with the pandemic, we realize how close we all are with each other. Um, and so it's very important to know what's going on. But the third thing I would also like to say is be discerning as well. Um, be discerning about what info is important. Be discerning about what truly matters um, to you as a person and to you as an organization. So it's I think because of the many confusions that we can encounter, it's really important to know 
what is true for you, what is important for you, and that applies for both individuals and organizations. Um, you have to be able to sift through the many things happening in the world and be discerning uh, and know which ones really matter and know which path really is the right one for you to pursue. So maybe those three things for now. Mm -hmm. So many gems here. And um, my hands cannot keep up. <laughs> I'm taking so many notes. But I love this. I love this conversation. So number one, you mentioned about um, always always take care of your people again we go back we go back to to the people and um you've mentioned as much as possible open avenues for communication to um to let them know that you care for them and uh i have been also i have been also reading about the mass layoffs of people not only from small companies but also big companies uh twitter just slash 50 percent of its workforce and now uh facebook is also planning on uh letting go of some people so i'm pretty sure that that would again account for mental anxiety depression many people being affected and uh, i i know that some companies they can afford to have an on-site doctor in the in the company to to make sure that the, the physical well-being of the employees are are um, are being taken care of. Now, my my hope is companies will also consider the importance of having maybe not a resident, but at least a visiting psychologist or a visiting mental health uh, certified mental health first responder, so that the the employees can have professional help if they need and uh, not only that perhaps we can also make it part of training and development to have everyone in the company a basic understanding of mental well-being how to take care of their own mental well-being and uh, for at least for supervisors and up have knowledge of advanced advanced of psychological first aid so that they can already know from their one-on-ones with their team members who are showing signs of hidden depression so that we will be able to nip the problem in the bud. Mm -hmm. So that's 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 my hope that companies they will also invest in these things not only on machinery or equipment but also on the mental well-being of their people and then also look at the environment i like that also uh, miriam look at the global and the local and the global issues that are affecting us directly and indirectly i love it that you highlighted about the war in ukraine because yes some people they, they may say oh that's in europe it doesn't affect us in any way but if you really look at the supply chain some of our some of the materials that we use for our equipment like copper and also aluminum and even grains without um and then even if most of our oil is coming from coming from 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 saudi or other uh other countries in asia in a way we're still affected because if there's one breakdown in the process 
there will be a breakdown in the whole process. So I like this. I like this. Um, encouraging people to think outside of the box, outside of their uh, comfort zone. I agree. Okay. I agree. Yes. I, and, I, I the <laughs> <laughs> and again, the third thing is to be discerning, um, to be able to sift through the many things that we can hear and and, and see, um, to know what really matters for us as persons and as organizations. I think that's very important. We can get overwhelmed. But at the end of the day, um, even when I do strategic planning, it's really important to 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 see, okay, what does this mean for us? And yes. where can we take this information that we know? So I think it's very important to be discerning as well. Yes, that's very important, especially now that we are moving to the dig digital space. We have the the multiverse. People are now buying buying up real uh, estate in the metaverse, and most of our waking hours, right? Like myself, my my work is mostly um, mostly remote work, so I spend a lot of time on my computer. Now, if I don't have that kind of discernment, and we know that algorithms, yes. like they can suck you in. Like yes. you just you just um, go to Google, and there will uh, it will show you an, a news, even though you did not read it for more than five minutes. But the algorithm will identify it as something that you want um, to see, and it will recommend you, suggest to you similar news. So if you're not very discerning and disciplined. Before you knew it, you were scrolling mindlessly through the digital space. So it's the same thing in business. If we don't know what, what matters, we can be easily swept up by the trivial things. Uh, and also, for those who are trying to build their business, doing startup businesses right now, some of us have the tendency to chase after the new shiny object. <laughs> so you never get to finish something because you're halfway here, one fourth here, three fourths here, and then you see another shiny object and you you chase after it. And before you knew it, you all have like this um, things with uh, uh, loose ends, never really finishing anything. Yes, yes. And I think one one addition I might want to make is um, self care. Um, Self-care is very important. It cuts across all three that I mentioned in terms of taking care of your people, um, knowing your landscape, and be discerning. Um, I think yes. self-care is very important. And self can mean individuals. Self can also mean organizational well-being um, to make sure that all the systems, the procedures, and the structures in your organization are adding to the well-being of the persons in the organization as a whole, as a whole, rather than hampering them down. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So we're close to the bottom of the hour, Miriam. So if there are any three things that you would like our viewers to take away from this conversation, what are those three things? Huh three things um first uh i'm very big on 
self-compassion and self-love. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's very important. But let me caveat that by saying that self-compassion and self-love would not be equal to being selfish or would not be equal to simply dealing with the material side of things. That's important sometimes, you know, but at the same time, true compassion and true love and true care for the self goes beyond the material. So I do hope that people find their rhythm in terms of how to love themselves, how to care for their needs and how to look after their own well-being. Every time I give a self-care session, I always tell people that, you know, it's different for each person. Um, And so I do hope that every listener who's tuned in right now will find your own rhythm of the proper self-care. And self-care will also include looking at your own heart, at the deepest core of who you are, um, to find your inner joy, your inner peace, that no other person or nothing in the world can take away from you. So maybe that's one, um, self-compassion mm-hmm. and self-love. Second, um, what other thing did I want to say? Um, second is, I guess, to always remember that we are connected. Um, and that's really what the pandemic taught us. Um, if one person doesn't wear a mask, we're all in we're all in possible peril at the time of the pandemic. But these days, perhaps when we don't wear masks as much, um, we still have to remember that we're all connected um, one way or the other. Um, and it would be good to always think of what my actions can bring to other people at the same time what other people can bring to me and so ideally there might be some mutual respect and understanding there but at the same time hopefully we also get to provide the right opportunities for each person we encounter to be the good person that we all are i believe deep inside second um let's all remember that we are connected with with or without the pandemic um, the third thing I want to say is perhaps um, enjoy, <laughs> enjoy, find moments of enjoying, laughing, smiling. And I say this even when I do consultancies with organizations and things are so serious, you know, when, when, when I'm handling vision, mission sessions, planning for the next year, etc. I, I keep telling my clients that, yes, we'll really take this seriously, We'll take everything seriously because if it's bread and butter that we're talking about, profit, um, salaries, etc., those are very serious matters and we take things seriously. But at the same time, handle it lightly. Um, not everything has to feel like we're, we're, we're lugging several kilos on our shoulders, right? So we take things seriously, but we can deal with it lightly. So I want to yes. say that for everyone... Um, I hope we also find that right balance of taking things seriously, but looking at it lightly in a sense that, and, and this is my personal mantra. I, I've written this in another book for me to remember. Um, just do what you can, give it your best, but at the end of each day, leave space for grace. Okay. So we do everything that we can, all the 
that all that's in our power but at the same time we know that some things are outside of our concern are outside of our control and so mm-hmm. we allow grace or in other terms you know um synchronicity or what have you um to take the rightful place in the scheme of things such that we're not lax because we do our best but at the same time we acknowledge that there's a rhythm that that plays along with the best that we give in what we do. So maybe those three things. I'm sure there's more, but those are the three things that come to me right now. Thank you so much, Miriam, for those three tips. I love the the third one the best because I have to remain. Uh, I have to remind myself to give myself grace when things don't go out the way I plan them. I I have this internal struggle not to beat myself, not to beat myself up for it. But I yeah, because you can only plan so much. But there are other, as you said, things outside your control. Thank you so much again. Um, Miriam, this has been a wonderful conversation. How can our viewers continue um, to to connect with you through uh, social media channels? Do you have upcoming projects that you would like to share with our audience? Thank you. Um, first of all, I'd like to invite everyone, if you can get a copy of the book journal, um, it's Despite the Distance, a book journal to reflect on the pandemic. And inside, you will see some reflection pieces together with spaces and questions for reflection to allow us to harvest what we have gone through the past two years so we can move forward better. And this book is available in Jesuit in the Jesuit Communications Foundation website, um, Jescom Philippines. You can also contact us directly in the office, um, omi at ateneo.edu. And at the same time, for those of you who might want to be in touch with me for one reason or the other, I may also be contacted via mdelosantos at ateneo.edu. So I hope that we continue engaging one another so that we can bring more hope, more courage, more faith, and more love to each other. Thank you. Thank you, Miriam. We look forward to the um, all the best to your book. And we will also be looking forward for more books that you will come up with in the future. Brilliant, brilliant. So, dear viewers, thank you for spending your Thursday morning with us. Our guest next week has a background in private wealth management, economic research, and consulting before joining the BPO industry in 2005. Uh, She has been with some of the pioneer BPO companies in the Philippines, like ICT Marketing Services, also eTeleCare, Stream Services, crossing from operations to client services. So tune in again next Thursday, November 17th, 10.30 a.m. to listen in on our conversation with Christine Bondo. So thank you once again for being here with us. Have a good rest of your day or evening, depending where you are in the world. God bless everyone.